Rainmaker FM is brought to you by Digital Commerce Institute. Do you want to build the business of your dreams without squandering time and money, stumbling around to find the right path, or making unnecessary mistakes? The market is ready and waiting for you, but that doesn't mean it's gotten any easier. Digital Commerce Institute is here to change that. Go to rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce and get the training, education, and community you need to start building your digital business the right way. That's rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce. Greetings, super friends. My name is Sonia Simone, and these are the Confessions of a Pink-Haired Marketer. For those of you who don't know me yet, I'm a co-founder and the Chief Content Officer for Rainmaker Digital. I'm also a champion of running your business and your life according to your own rules. As long as you don't lie and you don't hurt people, this podcast is your official pink permission slip to run your business or your career exactly the way you think you should. And by the way, I wanted to let you know, for any of my podcasts, you can always get extra resources, links, free stuff, articles, recommendations in the show notes. For this show, if you go to pinkhairedmarketer.fm, you can always pick up all those extra materials, and that's always a place that um, you can also go to get the archived episodes. So if you happen to catch last week's podcast, I talked about some ideas that I'm playing around with for a book I'm writing. And the book is really about constructing what I call your escape pod. So the structures and the patterns that will get you out of whatever is not serving you today and onto whatever you want to get going next. Now, for the most part, I frame this as starting a business. And for a lot of us, this is the way that I did it. It starts as what's called a side hustle. So it starts as a side project that might make you, you know, a few hundred dollars a month. That is a really significant thing for many of us. And, you know, then at some point you make the decision, is my side hustle going to become my full-time gig or, or not? But it's not only about business. So for other people, the escape pod for right now might be a meditation practice that really helps you be more grounded and live your life more fully. Or it might be an exercise habit, um, which can be completely revolutionary, completely change your life in, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day, truly. Or it could be a different kind of relationship with your family or a different kind of relationship with the job that you do from eight to five. So your escape pod is really yours to construct based on what you don't feel is serving you today and what you would like to be better. And that is very much the spirit in which we're going to talk about today's topic. So one of the biggest things that holds us back from building our escape pods, from doing things differently, from changing how we behave day in and day out, is a lack of free time. There are very few people who have any kind of significant quantity of free time available to them. And many of us, not all of us, because not all of us have this to play with, but if we do get some free time, we tend to do it on things that we call relaxation. And that's things like watching television, playing Nintendo, um, you know, having fights on Facebook, that kind of thing. So when you're trying to create a new habit, a new thing that you want to bring into your life or move away from something that you want to not have so much of in your life, free time is a real 
factor. It's a major, major constraint for almost all of us. So one of my principles that helps me deal with the fact that none of us has any free time, I don't have free time, you don't have free time, is something that I I call a principle that I call don't multitask, compartmentalize. And I talked about that last week. I know some of you have told me that they thought that was a useful idea. So I want to talk about, I want to talk about that in more detail today. So something you should know about me if you don't already is that it is completely ironic whenever I talk about productivity, since I would not be what you would call one of nature's organized people. But I think that might be part of why when I talk about productivity, it seems to resonate because it doesn't come naturally to me. It doesn't come easily to me. And honestly, if it works for me, it's so likely to work for you. Um, You know, I'm not coming from a position of strength. So if it does, a technique does work for me or a mindset shift, then it's probably going to be something that you're going to be able to actually use as opposed to just watching endless, you know, Pinterest posts and YouTube videos about And this idea, don't multitask, compartmentalize, was really what pulled me out of um, inaction way back in 2008. I had a toddler. Um, I was the full-time breadwinner. I had a mortgage. I had a demanding day job that I needed to get out of and that I thought I was probably going to get laid off from. And I had a small side hustle that I was trying to grow. Side hustle being a side project that makes a little bit of revenue, um, but isn't the kind of thing that you can live off of. It's not a full-fledged, full-time business yet. So when time is one of your most significant constraints, and when you're at a point in your life when you have very minimal free time, and for most of us, you know, that's like most of our life, right? Most of our life, we don't have a whole lot of free time. The worst thing you can do is try to multitask because multitasking makes all the things you do actually take longer. It doesn't feel that way, but that really is the net result. And there have been a lot of studies that back this up. Most of us think we're good at multitasking. Um, one of the, you know, kind of sinister things about multitasking is that it tricks us into believing that we're doing it well. And we don't realize how suboptimal a job we're doing on all of the things that we're doing in that way. And I'm going to take a a digression here to give you a mom moment. Apologies for the mom nag, but this really applies to all the things we do with our cell phones while we are driving our cars. So unless you are just totally you know, hands off, eyes off, listening to some music or listening to your navigation. Um, I would love it if you would quit doing things with your phone while you're driving your car. Uh, If you've wondered why the world has gotten so much less civil and people are honking all the time, it could be because you're doing bozo things when you're driving that you're not aware of. Uh, It is dangerous. And even if it feels like you have good control and it feels like you're the one person who's doing it right, the science is not on your side and the statistics are not on your side. So end of the mom nag, please don't do things with your phone when you're driving. Um, It is dangerous and it's not only your own life that you're risking. All right, done with that. So obviously, you know, we can multitask because we do it. And most of us do it a lot of the time. Sometimes some of us do it almost all of the time. It actually takes you longer to get all your stuff done when you multitask and you don't do as good a job. So 
start cultivating that habit of doing one thing at a time. And you will actually find, A, you're going to liberate a little bit of time because things are actually going to take you less time in the long run. And B, the things you're doing are going to be better. You know, if you don't have time to do it properly, then you don't have time to do it over, right? As an old adage goes. So this is a pretty major shift because we're in such a multitasking culture. So I thought I would help you with some of the things that help me get out of the multitasking habit and get into a more focused present habit. And the first thing is you're going to need to find some scraps of time. Now, in the United States, by law, you have to get breaks every X number of hours that you work at a a normal job. Now, in some jobs, this is hilariously or maybe not so hilariously not reality. So, you know, if you're a medical resident, you're cracking up right now, and I get it. But for most of us, if we have a defined kind of a day job sort of a job, there are defined breaks during the day. You may not be taking them, but by law, you're supposed to get them, and you you need to just start taking them. It's just a matter of setting boundaries with your environment. By law, you're entitled to this time, and and, you know, so go ahead and take it. Then there's the time before we go to work. There's the time after we get home from work. These kinds of things that we think of as possibilities where we could maybe create a scrap of time that we could consistently use for something we want to do. And one of the key markers that you want to look for is when do you watch TV? When do you socialize on Facebook or some other platform? When do you play digital games? I play Minecraft with my son. I love to play Minecraft. So that's some time that I can look at and say, could I spend profitably some portion of this time working on a change that I want to make, working on my escape pod? And it's not necessarily about giving that activity up. It's about considering spending 30 minutes of that time or even 10 to 15 minutes of that time consciously making a different decision to do something different. Now, a lot of times we're really unwilling to give up on that time because it's our relaxation time, our unwinding time. And if your job is stressful and everything else in your life is stressful, then you want some relaxation time, which is legit and it's a thing you should have. What I would suggest, just as something to let kind of ping around in your brain, is that spending regular time every day working towards something larger working towards some goal that you care about a lot is genuinely restorative in a way that television and Facebook and gaming and um, things like going on to online shopping sites are not restorative. So this is completely not about being one of those people who fills every moment with something that's worthy. You know, I'm not that person. I don't think you're that person either. Otherwise, I would be really annoying to you and you would be spending your time with some other people who are good at being perfect. It's really about cultivating a small habit of working on something that is meaningful to you. So two thoughts on that. One, don't take this time out of your sleeping time if there's any way around it. Um, It's a recommendation that's made all the time. We'll just go to bed an hour later or get up an hour earlier and work on your project then. It sounds good on paper, but if you are cutting out your actual time that you spend to sleep, you're going to slow yourself down because most of us are very short on sleep as it is. And we're really not at our best self and we're not productive precisely because we have messed up our sleeping time. So if you can take it out of your 
you know, kind of everyday digital distraction time, not out of the time that you spend sleeping. And the other thing that might be helpful to you is what I identified as an EQ hack, and it's um, using your values, using what's most important to you, just reminding yourself of that as a way to charge your battery and work toward things that are personally meaningful to you. Now, I did a podcast on that topic, so I will give you a link to that in the show notes at pinkhairedmarketer.fm. As I said, you can get all the notes and extra episodes and articles and free stuff that'll help you implement any of the things that I talk about on this show. Okay, so once you've kind of figured out that maybe you do have a very small amount of free time, even if you don't have energy, but you at least have a little scrap of time regularly that you could use, the second thing that really helps you is to figure out the microtasks that you're going to use that time on. So if you need to use your little scrap of time, let's say you've got 15 minutes after dinner, that's your scrap of time. So if you get to after dinner and you say, okay, now what am I going to do with the time? Obviously the time is going to evaporate, right? Deciding is work. Deciding is actually pretty mentally taxing work. So the first thing you do, maybe the first thing you do in your first 15 minute scrap is you're going to figure out what are my tasks that I'm going to do in my 15 minute scraps. Now make a nice list of, these are called next actions. If you're a David Allen getting things done fan, um, make a nice list, right? Of the things that I'm going to do in my scrap. at this point. For me, a pen and a decent notebook is what works well for me. But, um, you know, Evernote might be what works for you or a Google Doc or the to-do app on your phone. Just have something consistently where you have a list of the things that you could spend those 15-minute scraps on. Maybe you call it your scrap list or your freedom list or your escape pod list. Let me know what you call yours. I'd be, I would love to know that. So some of the things that might go onto your list and you could just maybe create it right now while you're listening to this podcast, that would be like, to me, a reasonable multitasking thing. If you're listening to the the podcast and you're on your machine uh, and you have the ability to fire up Evernote, I think that's like legit multitasking. That's because you're, you're really doing one thing. You're just doing two elements of it. You see how I am? I give you an out before I even finish the episode. It's terrible. But some of your possibilities that you might want to write down, now these will be in the show note transcripts, so you can just go there if you want to, Um, writing blog posts. If you don't have a website yet, figuring out how to get your site up and running. Just spend 15 minutes on it consistently. If you spend 15 minutes on it every day, your site will be up and running before you know it. Outlining and recording podcasts, if podcasting is the thing that you think you'd like to do. And those would be, you know, separate days. So Monday's scrap time, you're going to outline the podcast. Tuesday's scrap time, you're going to look over your outline and refine it. And and then Wednesday's scrap time, you'll get the podcast recorded. Just a possibility for you. Figuring out something complicated. So for example, if you need to get a payment system set up, that's like a lot of fiddly, annoying little steps. So, you know, just walking through those steps one by one, that's a really good use of your scrap time. Maybe you have an outreach day. You have an outreach day where you reach out to 
bloggers or or people with big Facebook lists or Twitter followings that you would like to know better and, you know, strike up a conversation about some of their content, comment on their posts. People don't realize that as social has become a bigger platform, blog comments, and especially on real content-rich websites, um, the number of comments has consistently gone down. If you are consistently showing up with like really interesting, thoughtful comments, that's something you can do with your scrap time or spend time in LinkedIn groups if that's a relevant platform for what you're doing. Now, nine times out of 10, the thing that goes onto the scrap list for most of us building a, a side project or a side hustle, if we're talking about a business and in particular a digital business, it's either planning content or it's creating content. One of my very, very favorite resources for this, I refer to it a lot myself and I refer other people to it all the time was a post that Pamela Wilson wrote for Copyblogger, and it set out a content plan to produce one excellent piece of content per week. And of course, I will give you a link in the show notes. If you're not sure what should go on the scrap list and you are thinking about a, a side project or a, uh, maybe a way to make a little extra revenue, when in doubt, grow the audience. And when in doubt on how to grow the audience, create some really solid, strong content and promote that content. So all good things come from the audience when we're talking about digital business. And um, if you're not sure what to do next, doing that, creating content and then growing the audience for the content will start to open the doors that will let you know what will happen next. So your time scraps and then how you're using the time scraps will start to coalesce into little itty bitty habits. And the reason that I start with these little itty-bitty habits and these little itty-bitty processes is that once you have even a small amount of movement, you've opened up the possibility for momentum. So if you work on, let's say it is your side business for 15 minutes a day, or your meditation practice, or your exercise habit, it's going to take a while to get traction. It's going to take a while to get something, you know, big. But frankly, the traction happens a lot faster than it did when you were working on it zero minutes a day. And from my observation, it also happens actually a lot faster than if you're working on it for an hour a week on the weekend. Now, even better, the superhero model is that you work on a scrap for 15 minutes a day, Monday to Friday, and then, or Monday to Saturday, and you put an hour in on Sunday, or you put in 15 minutes an hour. 15 minutes a day, Monday to Friday, you work on an hour on Saturday and you take Sunday off. Those are rhythms of work that are shown to be very, very productive and helpful once you get them consistent. And something that happens is that it's fun to make progress. It feels good. It's empowering and it's energizing. So you will find a lot of the time that that 15 minute scrap starts to grow. You start to make excuses to work on your thing instead of making excuses not to work on your thing. And 15 minutes sometimes turns into 30. You know, it doesn't have to, but sometimes it does. And then you realize that there's another chunk of time that you're spending on some form of relaxation and you would just legitimately rather spend your time working on your project. So anytime you create new habits, anytime you change habitual behavior, 
There's something fundamentally psychologically scary about that. There's some part of who you are that has an identity of not being that kind of person. And these little habits, um, you know, big habits shake up our attachment to who we think we are. Little habits have a way of sneaking up on the change and making some progress, showing us that we're not, you know, screw ups, even if it's very slow at first, and they open up this space for new possibilities. It's so powerful and it's so mighty and it's so doable, even for those of us who have, you know, legitimately a lot of um, demands and a lot of constraints. So half of my statement is don't multitask. And then the other half of the statement is really the other side of the same coin. And it's this idea I have of compartmentalizing your time and your focus. This is certainly not not a new idea to me. It has many names. It has the name of, of mindfulness or being present. And it means that when you're at your day job, you really strive to be at your day job. You strive to really be there. You look for ways you could bring meaning to it. You look for ways you could be more present in a meeting. You look for ways you could do your job as fully, excellently as you can do it. Or frankly, you look for another job where you can do those things, where you can bring your real, authentic, meaningful self to your job. And then you're fully present when you come home, whether there are other people there or not. You're fully present for your side hustle. If you have a family, you're fully present with your family. So each moment is like a little room, is like a a compartment. And you try to bring your full self and your full focus to that compartment while you're in it. So this is really not at all easy to do. (laughs) This is kind of one of those work of a lifetime things to do. But it does get a lot better the more you practice it and the more you remind yourself all day, every day to strive toward it. So perfection in this is, you know, maybe not possible. I always have a sneaking suspicion that even the Dalai Lama doesn't do this 100% of the time. Um, You know, even some person you might consider to be a very enlightened person probably has their moments when they're not there yet. But just working on it is very energizing and accepting its imperfection is very energizing. Because when you're thinking about work when you're with your family, and then you're thinking about your family when you're at work, and you're thinking about your side project all the time, that's really exhausting. It's very draining, and it really drains your creativity. It drains, it drains your energy. It, it makes you not, again, not do a very good job on what you're doing. Uh, there are, you know, a lot of blogs and books and, and articles that talk about the value of this present moment-ism That's a horrible term, but I'll live with it. Um, I'll give you a link in the show notes to a book that about it called The Power of Full Engagement. It's not the only book on the topic. You probably have one on your bookshelf right now. Maybe think about rereading it sometime this week. Uh, To some degree, this falls into that category of what some people call productivity prawn. Prawn is um, like an internet-ism. It's a misspelling of 
porn so that you don't trigger, you know, spam filters. And Productivity Prawn is, you know, all of those, um, all of those books and things. And what they exist to do for me anyway, is to remind us of the intention that we had set for ourselves. And so taken alone, they usually don't create a lot of lasting change. But when you have that habit of taking that kind of thing into your attention, maybe you spend your free time reading some books like that. You spend your relaxation time reading that kind of book. You do things like read Brian Clark's newsletter further, further.net. Then these ideas start to take root and they start to create some growth. You know, it's, it's something that doesn't normally happen overnight. Normally, it's the question of where are we putting our intention over time? And I want you to know that you actually can do it. And you've probably tried some of these ideas before, and you've probably petered out with them before. And that's just so normal. It's really normal. One of the things I think is awesome about meditation practice is it sort of instills this idea in you that, you know, you do the, the meditation practice and then your mind wanders, right? You peter out, you you go away from the practice, and then you come back to the practice. And that's actually meditation is practice in coming back to the practice. That's what it is. And that's one of the things that makes it useful. You know, if you're going to change your habits or change your behaviors, it's going to take multiple tries and it rewards multiple tries. And I think that we, we get into trouble because we come in a culture that has kind of a pass-fail mentality. So if you try it and then you stop doing it, you think, well, I am a failure because I stopped doing it. And it just means you need to pick it up again. It's totally okay. So if you try some of the ideas I'm talking about today for a couple of weeks and you do pretty well for a week or two and then you drift away for a week or two, that's just completely fine. You just come back to your little habits and you start over. You can always start fresh. It's not about being perfect and it's not about superhero levels of willpower. It's about building and it's about growing and it's about taking small steps toward the things that you want to create in your life. If this podcast plays some kind of role, maybe in giving you some energy to keep starting fresh, that would honor me and that would honor the time I put into it. That's really my intention in putting it here for you. And you know, I love to hear about your journey. I love to hear about the successes. I love to hear about the times when you peter out and drift away. And I also love to hear about when you start fresh. So you can always let me know. Come to the comments at pinkheritmarketer.fm or just, just let me know on Twitter at Sonia Simone. I love to hear about you. I love to hear about what you're doing. And I thank you. I thank you so much for your time and for your attention. And I really wish you well. See you soon.